Hey guys, this is the Body of Armor podcast. Kind of chiming in again. I've been out for a while. I have a tendency to do that. It's it's nothing personal. It's just what it takes for me to organize my life. And this COVID thing has been a killer, guys. I've been trying to figure out how to function inside of this stuff since it began. And I didn't, um, this is kind of off the boa topic, but I didn't take any loans and I didn't take any PPP or um, none of the payroll protection, none of that stuff for uh, reasons that I just figured it was going to come back and haunt people and um, maybe it will, maybe it won't. But it wasn't for me and I decided to kind of keep bootstrapping this to to make it to make it work. And so we've we've actually started making the BOA program functionally more successful at the Fusebox Sambo Gym, Sambo One Gym in Westminster, Colorado. But I had an epiphany the other day. So we had gone to Courtney Cameron's fight in Pensacola, Florida for Island Fight 69, where she had her second MMA fight. And she walked away with that with a victory. She did a great job. She took some hard lumps and she... She did her ground and pound thing, and, and she's, she's surprised me on the ground. She just, you know, we really hadn't put any emphasis on the ground. She's doing much better on the ground than I would think that she should be able to. Well, anyways, while we were there, I was thinking, hey, let's stop by the CrossFit games that they had going on and take a look at those. We got the fights, and let's go look at a gym. So that's what we did. So I went to the gym and what I came to the conclusion of watching the bodybuilder types walk around the gym was that these guys probably weren't going to participate in the BOA program. Though they do have this thing where they're interested in strength, they're really not interested in strength on a world level. They're interested on a strength, um, maybe more on a bodybuilder level, which isn't weak. That's not what I'm saying. It's just not the same lifts. And from what I saw in just that one gym, there was no way that these guys were going to be able to pull off any cardio. So nobody was doing cardio. They had a significant amount of fat inside of the muscle cell from not really going incredibly hard. There was a couple of guys there that maybe looked like they ran, did some things. Uh, but I don't think that's the demographic market we're looking for for these tournaments because what it kind of got chopped up into my head is maybe I'm looking at this the wrong way. Maybe I'm looking at trying to get people interested in doing BOA and a more active lifestyle, but maybe I need to just say, hey, I'm going to host a tournament. I'm going to do the BOA classes out of my facility and other facilities that choose to do BOA classes, but just do a tournament and and see what happens and lay it out very much like we would any CrossFit game and mixed with any fight and do it over the weekend. See what it looks like. See what everybody's training was supposed to be about because that's what this, this the BOA was kind of originally about once I introduced what I had been doing with this structure of training. So that's the epiphany that I kind of came to this past weekend was maybe... I need to just host a tournament and we need to find out whose training is the best on something more than a fight level. Because there is, if you know the fight game, you know there's this component of luck. 
and there's this component of genetics. What ends up happening is maybe guy one can take tremendous amounts of punishment without going down. And guy two has more technique and more fundamentals and better training. But he goes down easy, glass jaw. Well, people are going to get really confused if you get lucky like that and you pull a whole bunch of these guys in that are real tough because they're friends, birds of a feather, right? And so they'll start training at that facility thinking that they're going to be the next guy like those guys. But they're not, if they're not that way. And the other thing that is very common with the birds of the feather thing that I just said was is like really seasoned wrestlers, for example, all congregating at one facility and then they go out and they fight. And the next thing you know, people are like, whoa, look what that gym has done. When in reality, it, it was dozens and dozens of coaches over decades of time that came to this final product in this individual. And then in one commercial gym ends up taking credit for it. So what I'm trying to create here is if you're one of those gyms that doesn't attract all the top people just right out of the gate and completely, completely um, trained and ready to go, then you're going to have to prove yourself. And that, and that depends upon what walks through the door. Is it, is there a chance for you in a six month period, like let's say an O&O fighter, to get somebody good enough to beat a high-level college wrestler that is an O&O fighter. Chances are, no, that's not the way that's going to work out, right? So what we, what we need to do is maybe look at how does this work out on a training basis? What does the training look like, look like so we can compare apples to apples and find out who is running the best training program? Because that, that was the original question of BOA. Was it me? I don't know. I wanted to find out. Because it would certainly help me to modify and change my program if I'm getting smashed up in all events that BOA has by other athletes. Then I, I know at that point I need to do something substantial to improve the program for my client base. So that's kind of what this originally was about. And I, and I need to probably take it back to that. And that's kind of what this talk is about. So I'm going to reintroduce BOA. And what I was trying to accomplish with creating it. Where I was trying to go. So the best way I can summarize BOA very quickly for you is to say BOA is lift, run, fight. Is that simple enough? Those are the three fundamentals that it's really working on. All of this can be for self-defense. All of this can be for health and fitness. All of this can be for the fight game. It doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is the effort people put into their, their training for themselves. It is a structured multi-sport training program. We should be able to go out and compete in each one of these things that I just said, run, fight, and lift, and be competitive. 
just off of this one training program. The reason I originally made it, it was, it was how I trained MMA fighters. It was the way that my brain worked around categorizing how an athlete performs. So for example, Kimura crunches with a partner. So you're going you're gonna to sit up into a Kimura position from a down position. I'm going to count that for three minutes. How many can you do? And that's our baseline. When you first walk in, there's some baseline information that we need to know. So we're going to go through and find all this baseline information with your deadlift, your bench, your one-mile run, your five-mile run, your Kimura crunches, your tie squats, your pull-ups. And then we're going to base off of that as we grow. And then your baseline starts to get a little more complex where we'll say, hey, what's your baseline on what you understand right now as far as striking technique? Ones, twos, threes, combinations, tie kicks, job, what we call a Japanese formed kick or a ko, a Korean formed kick. All of these things, we want to take a look at and kind of judge it like you would a uh, gymnastics competition in, on form. And then we're going to judge it like you would a CrossFit competition on, on numbers. How many did you do? And we just keep creating these baselines. As people get more and more skills, we create more and more baselines. How many arm bars can you do? How well are you doing the arm bars? How good are you at transitions? How many submissions can you get in 30 seconds with a willing partner that understands your submission brain? How many can you do in one minute, two minutes, three minutes? Whatever the frame is, whatever the standard base is for that, we just need to find these these standardizations so we can build off of that. So I know that on week one, you can do 110 Kimura crunches, but on week 10, you shouldn't be down to 96. If so, we're overtraining or we're undertraining. Something's off dietarily, technique-wise. We're, we're missing something in training. I, I don't know. We would have to figure that out. But it gives me a baseline to function from. I need to know how many times an athlete can kick in a two-minute, and a three-minute, and a five-minute period. And before I put them into a fight, I need to know what these standards are so I know if we're deviating from that standard performance and I know what to correct. So this is how it kind of came about to create the BOA program. Now, like I had said before, I wanted to create a competition eventually and, and it never really it took years for me to kind of announce this but it i wanted to create a competition that really highlighted the training versus only the fight and i don't see why people wouldn't be interested in watching a tournament of athletes compete in multiple things such as endurance runs endurance swims strength competitions and uh eventually the fight I think people would love it. So that's, that's what I'm pushing for here. So where it's evolved to is the way I take a look at an athlete and what I kind of work on when they come in. You know, one of the first things that people struggle with when they come in, this is across the board, is balance. So if, if they don't have great balance, that's where we have to start. And then where we're going to go look at from there is speed development. 
are they capable of moving fast? And so that's kind of a weird thing to say to people that may not be in the coaching world, but sometimes people don't understand how to move quickly because they've never had to do it before. So we start working on their understanding of speed. So we can get them moving as fast as they can move by understanding how to tell their brain to tell their muscle. And you can see there's no printout like Terminator over your eyes. So this is something you have to feel. Now, it, it doesn't take long. So the balance and the speed, they come by pretty quick. And in that, the speed has a lot to do with how you're breathing and how you're thinking and where your footwork is. And so there's some frame foundations here that we need to really instill in an individual. But we're looking for speed and balance only takes place over a couple of weeks, maybe. Then my primary focus becomes strength. We go through the lifting program. At the same time, we're going to go through a technique program for lifting So and, uh, and fighting. So we're going to go lifting technique and fighting technique. Your kicks, your punches, your grappling, and your lifting should be occurring at the same time. But we really have to focus on that, that strength because it takes years to make an athlete strong takes me about eight weeks to get an athlete in cardiovascular shape, but it can take me three years to get an athlete strong comparable to an international level or even sometimes a local level. And then finally, mobility, the ability to move. It takes a while for a person to be capable of stretching and moving and pliable. But as you know, if you know wrestlers, a lot of these guys are not very mobile but they're very capable athletes. So we just have to improve upon that a little bit. So let me recap that. We look for balance, strength, speed, technique, and mobility. These are the things that summarize what BOA is about on a physical level. And then we apply that to run, lift, fight. I'm also looking for personal and social transformation. In individuals. It has to be more than just a physical thing or I think I failed. So we're looking for that personal social transformation to get these people to come out of the shell. We live in a very safe world and so we're fabricating some danger here within reason to really push people out of their shell socially and personally. But this, this transformation is important because you become, you start belonging. You have this sense of belonging and sense of community. It's purpose finding. So many people are nearly without purpose, just, just a daily grind. Get out of the car, go to work, go home. And it's just this repeat process that I want to give people an opportunity to get out of. And that's a little bit what that BOA system's about. And I'm really interested in that transformation on what causes a person to be at least the highest level athlete or in shape or however you want to word this that they can be in the time that we have them for, which is gonna be limited 
sometimes down to just an hour a day because it turns out that people only have about 45 minutes of testosterone for men, for example, in their system at any time. So we can't, we can't overdo this. And so we have to utilize that for strength training first. And then we kind of back off a little bit for technical training for the martial arts. And then we're going to mix this program up a little bit. And sometimes we'll hold off on the weightlifting and work technique only. And then we'll amplify the floor work for fighting. And we alternate this based upon the health of the population that's in the school at the time because we have to keep everybody healthy. They, they still do have to carry on with their jobs every day. We can't have the facility being the thing that is wiping people out of work. So that's kind of where I wanted to push back off, push this boat back into the water, if you would, on what we're going to be doing with the BOA program. So it's, I've made some posts and we have a new website coming up and we have some pretty cool things going on um, that are supposed to be launching here within the next couple of days. And I'll keep everybody up to tune on that. I'm going to keep this podcast, which I, I think I'm on number 27 now, relatively short in order to make it more palatable for you to be able to chime in and listen to. And we're going to update this a little bit more often. I'm going to try to get Courtney Cameron on with me, the headhunter, to talk a little bit about um, training and the evolution of training BOA athletes and MMA athletes and, and people that, uh, that just want to get in shape. And that, that, you know, that leads me, I should talk about this. We have BOA fight, BOA sport. And the difference between these two things is one person's doing BOA to become a fighter. Another person is doing BOA to become in better shape or doing BOA for the actual endeavor itself. Not as the, they're not looking for just the, the benefits of BOA. They're looking for the culture of BOA, the body of armor. And for those people that are just trying to get fit, we do have a BOA fit program where my expectations just get moved to where you're just getting healthier. I'm just looking for you to get healthier. That's all there is. I'm not looking for you to be a competitive sport player or a competitive fighter. We're just looking for healthy. And that's the BOA fit program. You'll be doing roughly the same things with obviously my expectation would be dropped on how quickly you learn how to grapple, for example, if that's not something you're going to do. So that I think is about where we are with the BOA podcast. Now, I'm going to jump back on and we're going to talk numbers on what expectations of lifts are and what people are doing in their standardization tests. So I'm going to run everybody through a test here shortly and we're going to come up with a standardization of people um, across the board 
and find out through a series of framed trainings where people are on their physical capability. So I will give a report on that shortly, but for now, we're going to let you guys get back to your life and we'll meet up again and we'll talk BOA and we'll talk a BOA competition. If you guys have ideas on how I can push this off and better go viral, this is something that I'm struggling with quite a bit. Is how, how do I take this and make it go viral? How do I get more people to know about it? How do I get people to care about their health? This is, this is a significant struggle. Uh, even in these times, these, these times with COVID, I'm, I've almost reached my limit as a gym owner. What, and it's not even the government doing it. It's the people. People fear. People don't fear. Wherever they stand in this, they're applying this thought process in such a way that it's affecting their health and this objective of, of building the BOA system. What... There was a South Korean study done, and, and I'm probably speaking off tune on it. I don't have the information in front of me on the, the study's name, but it's something I'll post as soon as, I, as soon as I find it. And they found that 150 minutes a week of intense physical exercise, and I'm talking intense. I'm not talking about walking on a treadmill. Reduced in their tests the chances of even contracting COVID by 34%. And then they did another study group of 1,500 minutes of intense workouts. And then it became the way they said almost unheard of with any of the athletes that they contracted anything. And they had two examples of people that did contract COVID out of that second 1,500 minute a week group. Neither one of those had symptoms. So we know this is about health if you're unhealthy when you contract this stuff, then you're going to have more issues than somebody that's healthy. I mean, I think that, I don't care if you just break your leg. That's the case there too. So bringing up the standardization of general health and fitness, which has been a crazy frustrating topic for me, is one of the things I'm trying to do. And it's, you know, if I were selling cigarettes, I think I would probably do better financially right now. Hopefully that's not going to be the case forever. But there's, it didn't just start now with the health and fitness issue. I think, and this is my opinion, that it had started, I experienced it when I was little. The way that, for example, I was punished by the system and by society was to deprive me of physical movement. So if you don't do good in school, you can't move physically. Yeah, you get in trouble, you can't move physically. And you do really good on the physical fitness tests, yeah, but you're still an idiot because you're not really good at school. And if, you're, if you don't make eligibility, well, you can't play sports. But you can go home and you can go eat poorly. You can go eat processed food. You can go watch TV. Um, you can go sneak beer, whatever you're going to do. You can do, do any of these negative things, but we're not going to let you do something positive. We're just not going to let you do it. And that, look at the message that sends in the long run. And now I see parents doing it inside of the facility. 
My kids' grades are dropping, so the thing I'm going to take away from them isn't processed foods. It's not laziness. It's physical activity. I'm going to punish them with the one thing they love. And that's a strange thing to me. Because one thing needing to be corrected doesn't always lean on something else needing to be broken. So we have a societal issue. And I'm facing it as a business owner. And it's terribly frustrating because I don't have all the answers. If I did, life would be a little easier. So with all this becoming more and more apparent and me becoming more and more frustrated and more and more vocal about it, I'm trying to find ways to get parents and people to take their health more seriously. Over the last three months, I've been watching people jump off the cliff of bad health to avoid working out in order to live the life they were already living, which they came to me telling me that it was horribly unhealthy, but they just by droves have decided to go back to it. And it's been over the last three months that this is happening. This COVID thing is like a zombie apocalypse. It, it gets the ones that can't run first. You know what I'm saying? So how do we get the world to take a look at their health and fitness? Because in my opinion, this is an issue of the unhealthy lifestyles that we're all living now. And we're all kind of guilty of it. So we'll get into the diet a little bit more next time. The standardization of the physical aptitude tests inside of BOA. And the diet thing, it's going to come down. There's a lot of questions. Should I eat flour tortillas or should I eat spinach tortillas? Things like that we're going to talk about, which by the way, I'm just going to give you a hint. Spinach tortillas have very little spinach in them. They're just tortillas. that are green and that stick to your teeth a little more. But they're definitely not healthier. So it's a matter of calories in, calories out, balancing sugar with protein and how much work you're putting into it and getting past the number one the number one excuse that Americans have time I don't have enough time I drive a time machine to work which would have taken somebody uh, 200 years ago or 150 years ago a week to get to where I go in 20 minutes but I don't have time but they have time for a bar they have time for eating unhealthy they have time for medical problems they just don't have time to work out so we're going to go over this time thing, the physical standards, what it's going to take to get you guys to jump in with either my BOA program or somebody else's somewhere in the U.S. And if I can get some of you guys interested in jumping in and being part of the first real BOA games, once I get it figured out how to get this launched, it's something that is an absolute full life goal of mine to find out who's the baddest on the planet. I've got to know it. I know it's not me, but I got to know who this person is. Guys, this is Coach Sullivan. I'm going to sign out now. The BOA Podcast number 27. Guys, reach out to me. Let me know if there's anything I can do, any questions I can answer. Maybe you can answer some of my questions. 
send me a text, 720-207-3860. Shoot me a text. Ask me any question. Let me know you want to train. Text just the word Samba1 or BOA, B-O-A, to that number, 720-207-3860. And let's start a conversation on what we can do with you, for you, or if you have some information to help me. Let's get going. This is BOA Podcast, Coach Sullivan, signing out.